Welcome back to One Nail at a Time, Insights for Building Your Patient's Medical Home. I'm Lori. And I'm Michelle, and we're with the Alberta Medical Association. So today we come to you with part two of Michelle's discussion with Dr. Kelly McGregor on her tech forward practice. Yes, it is <laughs> Kelly McGregor, the sequel. And so the first the first episode, which I highly recommend if you haven't listened to part one, it, mm-hmm. it really will create the context that you need to, to fully <laughs> appreciate part two. Um, but part one, she really talked about you know, how and why she she practices the way that she does. And part two. And yeah, today we're going to talk about the exciting topics of finance and privacy. Uh, and then we will wrap up with um, her advice on how others can get started. Should we just All jump right. right in? Let's do it. So how often are you in the evening charting? Uh, never. I never, ever chart in the evening. Um, it's. It, I can probably count on one hand the amount of time I chart in the evening. Now, I, I definitely have I've struggled with work-life balance because I take on too many projects. Yes. Um, everyone's <laughs> like, can you be on this committee? And can you, can you help develop Can you be this? on this podcast? Yes, can you be <laughs> on this podcast? And I'm like, oh God, I said yes to 72 things. Um, but um, the everyday work of the office is something I never take home. And yeah. um, of course, we have staff meetings. Our office runs a staff meeting every six weeks. Um, but I, if I always say, if I can't do it during my workday, something is wrong. And that might mean I have too many patients booked, right? There's only so much you can, medicine you can do. You know, you can only be yeah. so efficient until we lose the humanness of it, right? Like mm-hmm. I still sometimes have, and sometimes people will book something and they'll write a, they'll write in what they say. And I just, I'm looking at them and I'm like, they need to cry. Like something's up and you say like, how are you doing? And they just sob, right? Like mm-hmm. they they don't care about their birth control refill. They, they care the yeah. fact that they are stretched thin, they're lonely. So, so much of my practice shifted to mental health. And a lot of what I do now is actually providing postpartum mental health because there's no programs. Mm-hmm. There's very, very right. few programs. And a lot of these women are at home with kids and their partner may have gotten laid off during COVID. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of just, they need to just chat. And I think that's an important part of what we do. And so we have to be careful not to get too quick. I think there's a really great book called Slow Medicine by Victoria Sweet. And it talk, it just is like, there's, there's no, you can only be so efficient. Now I'm, I am obsessed with removing micro efficiencies because especially when you do it 22 or 25 times a day, it matters, but we can't remove humanness and humans are messy and, and inefficient. So they, you yeah. know, <laughs> let me make the, let me make the communication of your thyroid results efficient, but you know, I have to leave room for the fact that sometimes people just are having a real bad day and I'm going to run behind yeah. and that's just life. So that's the stuff you have to leave room for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I have so many questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can talk for like so, six hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. And then I'm trying to like be cool and neutral, but I'm actually feeling very excited about this. So. <laughs> I can tell. I can see it on the camera. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I've sunk in. She's a believer. Yeah. <laughs> My friends jump up like some I, sort of like, I'm like the crazed cult leader. I'm like, it's not. It's just, it's just, <laughs> just makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. And so I'm trying to channel. I'm trying to think like, yeah, yeah. you know, a, a family doc listening out there. Mm-hmm. And, and I would be mm-hmm. thinking, oh, that. No charting at night oh, part sounds yeah. really yeah. good. I, I like that. And and it sounds like maybe maybe your approach, I'm going to guess, maybe you're seeing higher self-efficacy with your patients potentially. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever looked at that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I guess I, I would be wondering, number one, about you've mentioned a few extra things yeah. 
DoxyMe, some some different programs. What, <laughs> what is what is the cost mm-hmm. for those? Is you know how does that balance? It's very minimal, honestly. Um, DoxyMe is free, so mm-hmm. um, that's 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 free. Um, I would say in on average, all of the so I don't have a I don't have a phone. I use my I write off my personal phone because my voice over IP service is on my personal phone, so that's a business expense. Mm-hmm. So I think I my Telus bill is sixty five dollars a month. Um, minus when I've watched too many cat videos. And, um, <laughs> so that's about 60. Uh, and then, um, a voiceover IP service, everybody in our office has their own line. That r- line runs about $25 a month. Um, that includes the texting, uh, app, the text expander app is $6 a month. Um, the, uh, all the integration pieces with the EMR online booking in, uh, integrated messaging, uh, uh, um, cloud-based facts, I would say about $200 a month. Um, it's like the best money you could possibly ever spend. Like, like I can't, yeah. Like I, I definitely do consulting projects on the side where people come to me and say like, how can we streamline? And I think, okay, well, here are some inefficiencies and things we can, we can do. And I always say to people like, what's your value? Like, why are you streamlining? I only work with clients when their answer is I want to spend more time with my patients and I want to work at home less and spend more time with like my family or me. If your answer is, yeah. is I just want to make more money, then I think we're probably not a great alignment um, because I really believe in high quality family medicine and I get quite fired up when I see poor quality family medicine. Yeah. Um, so that's an important, that's an important value alignment. Um, but yeah, that's about $200 in total um, in terms of EMR fees. Now, I could list off a million barriers. Some people have to change EMRs. There are some EMRs that are not compatible, even with their like quote unquote um, integrations that they've come out with. Because most of the vendors now have like tried to do something. They've noticed that this is needed. Um, there are some EMRs that I tell people like, you can't, you can't use this EMR. Um, some people's offices are not set up appropriately. So if you're working in an office where you're exam room is tiny, you need a place for two screens. Like you can't do virtual medicine well. Um, or I'd say, honestly, getting your charting done, using templates, all of these programs, like I have six programs running at one time, you need two screens. So that's, that's a problem. If your clinic isn't willing or able to buy, you know, you can buy a screen from Costco where it's where I buy everything. Everything in my office is either Costco, (laughs) Kijiji, Facebook marketplace, or Ikea. Like there's, there's nothing bought it from anywhere else. You'll walk and be like, oh, I saw an Ikea the other day. Um, so you need two screens. So if your office is not willing to do that, and if you're in an office where you have a central place where everyone charts and then the, 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 the exam rooms are kind of um, as a satellite, you can't do virtual medicine well if there's people wandering behind you. Yeah. So there's some privacy. Yeah. I would say you can't even do phone calls well, but it's easier. So there's some concerns just about flow, office flow. If you haven't collected your emails of patients, there's lots of clinics even now do not have patient emails. And I mean, email, I, even when I was working in, in the inner city, almost all of my patients had email because you know what's free? Email. You know what's not free? Phone minutes. So, yeah. but if you don't collect the data, how do you know, right? So um, those are some of the big barriers that I see. So I'm always like, get your patient's emails, figure out where you can get, you know, can we get two screens going? Um and then, you know, like, let's, let's talk about, you know, what your value is around that. Um, most, most things can be figured out, but if you're, if the clinic you're in is unwilling to, you know, add screens or change the, the floor layout or floor plan, um, I think that is a huge barrier for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, um, 
some privacy, that would be probably the next question yeah. that people would have mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, are there privacy data safety issues? So um, our clinic working with Acuro, um by QHR Technologies, and again, like, like, don't trust me, like, I don't get paid by Curo. I think some of their stuff is garbage. And I would be the first to like, tell them what they need to fix. I mean, I, I think I probably banned. So I was like, this needs a special feature. Um, they're like, Oh, Dr. McGregor's at it again, you know. Um, uh, but it's of all of them, it's the most robust, and they are constantly leading the way. So they actually help you um, put all your privacy, um, your it's called your PIA privacy impact assessment statement, you um, do that with them. And with that includes your EMR, of course, your online booking, of course, your patient messaging portal, of course, um, as well as your um, cloud-based facts. That's all included in there. Now, they actually have a video conferencing feature that they piloted once about a year after, or they had introduced about a year after we started using Doxy. And truthfully, just because I was so kind of burned out from all the COVID changes, we just kept using Doxy, but they have most, the EMRs have one now integrated. So you don't even have to use a third-party platform. We use our third-party platform because we're just, it works for us and we'll probably change it at some point, but we're just all a little tired from constantly pivoting. So um, with that, the third-party platforms, there's a number that the CMPA early in COVID vetted and said, these ones are fine because in Canada, we actually have far stricter um, privacy laws than in the States. And people say to me all the time, well, can I use Jane? Can I use, I'm like, no, you can't. It's you're not allowed. <laughs> like, I would be awesome, but you can't. Like you're going to get in trouble. Um, and so that's the piece. There are a lot of really good American software, but you have to have your data hosted in Canada. So that immediately mm-hmm. removes tons of options. Um, and so the CM, uh, CMPA has a list of access- acceptable options. And on my, on my website, I do kind of have an article or a link about this. Um, and so there's a couple that you can use. And so Doxy is one of them. Now, um, those videos are not recorded or hosted on that website. I do tell my patients, if you want to record this for your partner later on, feel free. I'm, I'm fine. I also love with video conferencing, I can, you know, have, I can have a mom at work and her 17 year old daughter at school, and I can blend the two and I can make a video, I can make a video conference that would never have happened. Right. Like try getting it. Yeah try getting that to happen. Um, so I do let my parent patients record me as long as they, you know, kind of let me know. Um, and from that point of view, like that's really their information that they're then controlling. So there's really no real concern there. Um, and then from an email perspective, uh, when our patients start with us, we give them a consent form and the consent form says the following by agreeing to work with our clinic, you agree to have your email. You agree to let us message you securely. You're welcome to email us about administrative concerns. Um, we're never going to send anything personal by, by email. Um, and so it's really, you know, they initiate that email. We don't. And again, it's for administrative concerns and we, we do let them know, Hey, this isn't appropriate. This has to be done in an office visit, or I'll connect with you over our secure messaging platform. Um, and, and so that kind of helps mitigate that, that information, that information gap or where that information could fall, you know, into, in between the cracks. And I think it's also like a risk analysis, right? Like, there's a lot of people say to me like, well, what if, what if, and I'm like, but what if a patient never comes to you, right? What if that mom who's really worried about her kid can't get for Fort Saskatchewan because they have one car and and they don't have enough money for gas and we never have a video. Like who, who really cares about their kid's rash? Like, like who out there is like, I'm just trying to get a picture of a, you know, hand, foot and mouth. Like, again, (laughs) I don't have, I don't have pictures that are, that are of intimate nature sent to me. 
But I think we also have to think outside the box because medicine and people in our world is so dynamic that these are kind of not really issues, right? I'm not getting this and banking information. We're talking about their contraceptive refill. And again, if a patient says to me, I don't want to use a virtual platform. That's fine. That's totally fine. Um, I actually have a number of people um, who come to me in a consulting capacity who belong to a religious affiliation who's who's that, not comfortable with that. Um, and that's okay, but they then only get in-person or phone calls, right? So um, we kind of leave it up to the patient, but most people are pretty pretty agreeable. And again, all of our information is hosted, if it is saved or hosted on secure servers by Acuro in Canada that have all been, you know, have been all been approved by our PIA. So I think it's a pretty safe way of, of moving through the world. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for that. And we'll um, attach the link that you mentioned mm-hmm. there if mm-hmm. people are interested in learning yeah, more about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. So I guess now the next question that people will have is, wow, that sounds amazing. But where do we even begin? Where, mm-hmm. where do we start? Yeah. Um, so what tips would you have for a clinic that is thinking, you know, over time, yeah. We're going to yeah. try to transition to this. Yeah. Cause like when I think about our clinic, we didn't start like this. Like, like when we started, it was, it was, it looked a lot different. Right. And it's like anything, you just kind of make some consistent effort. I think there are a lot more resources now um, than there were, you know, six, seven years ago when we were doing this. I think it's important one to talk with your team, right? If you're in a clinic and you're half your, half your team is like, no, we don't want to do this you might have to ask a really hard question is, is that, do I continue here? I will bet my own like house on this. This is the future of medicine. And so, you know, there are a lot of people who don't want to see change. There are so many people who are just like waiting for medicine to go back to how it used to be. And I'm like, I don't want it to go back to how it used to be. I certainly don't want to be in a pandemic forever, but like my own family doctor, I was able to access my family doctor four times last year. I would never have been able to do that with a pandemic. It was because she would let me, we would do video visits. Like that was incredible. Like I myself got way better care. Um, so I don't, I don't want to go back to having to take a half a day off work. Um, but you might not be in a place where people are wanting to take that risk. So that's number one. That's a hard question. If you are in a place where people are like, yep, we want to do this. I think, you know, the first thing is to really think about, what are your biggest hiccups? What are the things that you see as struggle? Like, what do you hate? I always say to my clients, if I'm working with them, what is one part of your day they hate? And they always say like, I hate calling people with their results. Like, and I say, okay, well then why don't we think about a messaging portal? That's a really easy thing to integrate without having to, you know, do really a lot of other things, but you need patients' emails. So I think getting patients' emails, making sure your team is on board, from there, we can actually do a lot of stuff. But if you don't have email, it's a hard way of connecting with your patients. Um, so I've had clinics where they they hired a you know a summer student, and that summer student called every patient, and they got their emails, and then they sent them you know said we're going to set this up for you. And while that's an investment, it's going to pay dividends not only in in your in your practice um, revenue generation, but in your enjoyment of your practice. Mm. Uh, And I think that's a thing we don't think about. Um, Doctors in particular, I think, undervalue their time. We do a lot of stuff and don't think that it costs us time, but it does. It costs you time from your family. It costs you time from your hobbies. It costs you time. So 
the things that we can streamline give you back your life. And I want to see doctors who love their jobs. I don't want to see doctors who are burned out because they're charting, you know, as soon as their kids go to bed. Like that's not a life. Um, this job is hard enough. So let's, let's remove the stuff that technology can do for us. And so, yeah, emails, checking with your team, um, patient messaging. And then we kind of usually talk about once we have emails, how do we want to do some virtual visits? And sometimes that is just as simple as like, okay, where would you do a virtual visit? Let's get a second screen from Costco. Um, and then go from there. And, um, I think if you really want to overhaul your practice in, in like a big way, it's, it's helpful to get somebody's advice. Um, you know, I, I myself elicited advice when I started, um, uh, Dr. Megan Elkink and Cochran, her, she runs a, a practice consulting company. And it's interesting. People often say to me like, Oh, I can't afford that. I'm like, you can because you're paying for it anyways, right? Like two hours of someone really talking with you is going to pay dividends. Um, because you know, I, the hours I spent, you know, trudging through it and the hours I spent making mistakes, like let someone share their wisdom with you. Um, and that will probably help set you on a path or, you know, get a group. I, I once worked for a, a group of, of like 12 docs, like they all, they all got together and we, that's fine. Um, but you know, having someone poke some holes in your plan, because sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, and the business world is not complicated. Like running a, running a tech forward practice is not hard. Like medical school is way harder, but save yourself from, from making simple errors that you might not see coming because it is so different than what you're doing. And once you do it, you're like, oh, this is not, not that hard, but it's just a bit of a mind shift. So asking for help, I think is, is a big part of it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that we have covered a lot of ground. Um, and I've certainly it's I've heard the word streamline several <laughs> times as you were talking. So that seems to be I think that's the theme. Ooh, ooh, um, ooh. Yeah, well, I, I think this is going to be quite inspiring to I a lot of so. people, especially at this at this time. Yeah, so, there's a lot of burnout. And yeah. um, we're in a we're in a kind of a pivotal place where I think we can really see our healthcare system robustly shift. Um, and like, like, I believe so strongly in socialized medicine, but if we don't private medicine, who's doing this really well, tell us health is doing a great job of virtual medicine. So if, if we don't do this, someone's going to do it. We don't have an option anymore. We have to yeah. rise to this challenge because it's going to be here, whether we like it or not. So I think that's an important part. And I want to see docs excel. Like I, I want good doctors when I go to the doctor, I want my, yeah. <laughs> I want my parents to go to good doctors, you know, like I want to see my colleagues love their job. And that's sadly not what I'm seeing. And, um, it's still hard. My job is still hard. There's some days where I'm like, God, there's, I wish I did something else, but that's not because of my practice. That's just because the job is hard. Um, let's remove the part of, man, this office really is inefficient. I lost this. I, the patient now thinks I'm an idiot. I can't find this thing. I want to go pick up my kid, but I'm trying to track down this consult letter. Like let's, let's get rid of that because life's hard enough. Yeah. 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 It's interesting what you were just talking about there. I just heard a family doc say, uh, exactly that mm -hmm. um, family medicine is at risk of being ubered a hundred percent one i I'm very afraid of where it's going if we don't do this as a province. Mm -hmm. um, I routinely use virtual medicine apps in the private sector because I want to know what my competition is like I yeah. want to know what I need to do differently to make sure I am a agent of change for our socialized medical system because I believe so strongly in it. 
Um, And so let me tell you, they're blowing it out of the water. So we need to, we as a group, and I think provincially, Mm -hmm. that's a whole different conversation. You know, like there needs to be an action like committee around this because individual docs can't do this alone. Um, And we need to do it together. And I would love, like my dream would be that there would be a, a working group that we could bring docs together and say, okay, let's do this together. You know, let's, let's help pioneer this together. Um, but you know, until about now that people just thought it was kind of nutty, but <laughs> so, wow. I was going to oh, say, you, COVID. I feel vindicated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Well, I, yeah. you know what, I think that mm-hmm. is a brilliant idea and everyone yeah. heard it here first. So we will, I my will take it back. My therapist is going to be like, no more group. committees, no more committees. You said no more committees. Yeah. It's a working group. It's not. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we will get on that right away. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. And I, I'm feeling very inspired. And, oh, I'm uh, glad. I'm uh, glad. Well, thank you again. And no um, everyone watch out for the working group when we mm-hmm. get that going. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll yeah. change, we'll change the face of family medicine I in Alberta. So. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Check out the show notes for links to the tools, resources, and websites that were referenced in this podcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment, tell us what you thought, and what you'd like to hear more about. And until next time, grab your hammer and keep building one nail at a time.